Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm Tom Kerr along with Chris Cox. We've got the coach, Dan Spivey, in the house. Glad to have you along for the ride today. We've got a lot to talk about. Everything that is happening in the college world we'll get to here in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for that. We've got a lot to talk about with Clemson. Got some local guys that became heroes uh, over the weekend as well up in North Greenville. And uh, we'll break down that for you and give you a few details uh, to go along with all that. Big, big games on Friday night as well, Chris, and none. Uh, probably bigger than what we were at with Greenwood as well. And then you got uh, Saluda. We'll talk about that uh, debacle that ended up happening. And, uh, you know, I kind of called that game beforehand. And I even said that I don't know why people are making this the the uh, uh, game, game of, the, of week the week. Because if you paid attention, it's not even close outside of the numbers uh, and where they ranked as far as the top 10 and in uh, 2A. But, you know, we'll, we'll kind of break down all that and go through it and give you all the details. I'm glad you started there because I'm going to give Cam some credit. I get on cam a lot about this term thermon between the peach trees, but I noticed on CSRA everybody had jumped on that bandwagon. Two A runs through Strum Thurman this mm-hmm. year, and Cam immediately jumped off and he says, "Have y'all forgot about Abbeville? Have y'all forgot about? Have y'all forgot?" <laughs> and I mean, they. I mean, he certainly realizes it. I just we know now. Coach Webb runs that offense. It is dynamic. Got a score to win. Like I said, a lot of it came from the fact that last year's playoff games didn't end that way. And I think that's why that scoring was indicative of the way it was, which was a surprise to me. The score was a surprise to me, not the winner, but mm. as lopsized well, as yeah. it was. And, and Strom Thurman only punted one time. For the most part, they had everything going offensively and defensively perfect. I mean, you almost played a flawless game. Yeah to go along with all that. But you got to look at, at the Tigers as of right now. And, and we and I particularly noticed it in the Gilbert game. What was that, two two weeks ago? Two. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we Stoluta came out of that game really banged up. And even Coach said that we've got a lot of injuries right now and we're just going to put things together. I mean, he, he came out and said that. And, you know, it was obvious last week in the win that they had and how narrow a win it was in the, in the process. But – when you go up against a team that this is your arch rival of all things, you know, judging how close these schools are together, but you got players that are playing both ways that are sophomores. Yeah. You know, trying to fill holes here and there. You you can see the writing on the wall that this is not going to go well. Yeah, and and, but, and I love what you know, Coach Young did. I mean, that's what you, as a coach, that's what you have to do. You don't want to set it up to where it's going to be a big robbery game and you got injuries everywhere. But he also didn't use it as an excuse. I he did. He did. He just said we were young and playing. You know, we we'll get better. And he, we you know, get better. he's also said he's got a couple young coaches on staff that's really starting to come into their game. Now, when a coach says that, that means you're seeing improvement. Yeah. If it's the other way, like, well, we got some coaches that are not doing their job, and we'll take care of those. You don't want to ever hear a coach say that. When he does, y'all might as well start looking for a part-time job somewhere. <laughs> but um, all in all, you did. You called it. It was a beatdown. I thought I thought they would win, but I just didn't see it being that big of a win for them. Uh, I guess especially down – I mean, you know, if it had been in salute, it had been maybe a different story, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I agree with you. I think the injuries, and we spoke of that, uh, when we kind of previewed the game, that this game could get lopsided quick because of the number of injuries that Saluda had. And we didn't know how many of those would, would be coming back mm-hmm. and at what potential they would be back. Um, Saluda needs a week off, kind of like Greenwood did. I mean, <laughs> the Greenwood coaches were tickled to death to have that week off. They said they went from 
45 on the hour to 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we still got a few getting taped, but it's only 20. It's not 45 anymore. So we said, good Lord, that was half the team. Yeah. And and a lot of this on defense is, is where you're seeing yeah. a lot of that youth uh, as of right now with the players trying to go both ways. But the Tigers only got into uh, the Rebels' territory twice on the night. One of them was for the score. Um, and then Kamane uh, uh, Brunson probably was the only real bright spot for the Saluda Tigers. He had 11 carries for 74 yards. So, But it doesn't get easier. Guess who they got this week? They take on Silver Bluff. <laughs> the team that everybody is saying is, is going to challenge Strom Thurmond for that region. So we'll see what happens. And they lose so many plays. I, I feel bad. I, I can tell you, when Al Lowndes was in Silver Bluff, you, this wouldn't be going on because this guy would be in jail if you were taking his players. And Midland Valley takes Dunbar, the best, one of the best. He and Reeder are probably the two best running backs in the state. Mm-hmm. Just try in the upstate, especially, and Middle Valley takes him from from you know Silver Bluff. The defensive lineman goes to Evans of Augusta, Georgia, wherever over there. North Augusta gets a a, a defensive back. So I don't know who they still got playing at Silver Bluff. <laughs> I mean, and then they got a game like this coming up, so it doesn't get easier. But like I said, they they lose players over there right and left, and and hopefully today that gets settled. We'll find out. Maybe we'll get, we'll get the details uh, a little later on. Well, let's talk about the Vikings. Emeralds uh, has been snake bit. We cannot get the venom to come out. This is what the third game they've lost at the end of the game. This time uh, ended up scoring at the end, and then they went instead of going for the extra point in the tie, they went for two and ended up converting. They end up losing thirty six to thirty five in this one, and um, it was pink out night, big wreck night. A lot of the wreck. Players, they showed up in their uniform. They got to get in free. So uh, this should have been the game of the week, if you yeah. ask me. And none of us saw this coming. I thought Emerald for sure would go in here and just wipe the floor with Woodruff, and that wasn't the case at all um, when you look at it. And, and, you know, Key Holloway, Cam Parks uh, both played well um, in the process. Key played both ways. He played in the secondary, got an interception to go along with it, as well as some big runs in the process. And Katie Abney had a rushing touchdown to go into it. Carson Wright had uh, a couple of big chunk plays through the air that he caught. So, I mean, it's – you know, I want to say the old saying is, if it wasn't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. And that's kind of – you know, I know Coach hates that saying because I've said it to him before, and he's like – we're our own worst enemy. I mean, Emerald beat Emerald, and that was during the Saluda loss, that 9-7 to game. He said, we were our own worst enemy at that point. We could not beat ourselves again if we ever want to continue on. So, I mean, it's – The team's playing good. Well, the that, team is playing. They just can't get over the hump. And well, you know, you thought, okay, Friday's game scores on the last play of the game, literally. The clock goes to zero when the guy catches the ball in the end zone. So you got the continuation. There's no time left on the clock. You know you're not going to get the ball back. And here they are lining up for two. Now, if you defend it well, make the tackle, knock the ball out, whatever, you win the game by one. If they convert the two, you lose the game by one. Well, they converted the two. And they lost the game by one. And, I, you know, it's just snake bit. We need to get the high priest or somebody over there to get uh, what was the wildlife Terry guy to get over there and get the snakes. Alan Terry, yeah. Yeah, get, get over there and get Well, the closest church is yours. <laughs> You're the closest <laughs> church to it. So you and Westside need to come together and get one of the and pastors have a to go prayer session with yeah, yeah. Some kind of a get the smoke out there if you need to, man. Yeah, it's something. just – 
we know the coaching's there. We know they want to play. The thing is, Tom, it's not a fact. Because I, I always go back to the teams I lost earlier that I thought would be beatdowns, and they played on Hampton County will be there in the end. All these teams that they lost there are going to be in the playoffs in the end. You're going to see it coming along. But, again, Coach does not agree with moral victories. He wants a win, not a moral win. And, I, you know, now, Coach, I mean, I don't know. Union, maybe? Well, you've got to beat Union if you want to get into the playoffs. There's only five teams in this region, yeah. so uh, you could be one and eight or one and nine by the time you get to play Union and and still make the playoffs in that regard. Could they be the best playoff team at that point they with a be. one and nine record? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember North Augusta going yeah. and almost winning state one year well, with a one the win. The last time Emerald, well, the only time that Emerald won a state championship, they came. I think they were like a number four seed in the playoffs. And they just got on that run. And now, they were they blowing people out? No. You know, a 10-7 win here, and then uh, I think the state championship was about the same thing, about a 10-7 game. Uh, you know, so it is possible. And they were road warriors during the playoffs. And that's back when we played 15 games, not 14. Yeah. So, um, well, it's still at- possible, guys, to, you know, could they beat Union? Yeah, let's say they beat Union, okay. Somewhere down the line, they're going to play Clinton. Now, wouldn't that be something to go into Clinton and beat them? And Our keep Chester. Clinton, keep Clinton out of the playoffs. Or Chester. And Chester's this week, so we'll, yeah. we'll find we'll out find a little out. bit more. Uh, and is that uh, uh, Chester? At Thomas. Yeah, Cyclone Field or whatever they call that place. So they're home. They'll be at Frank Hill Stadium is where they're okay, going to be. So. so we'll see what happens with that. That will be coming up. But um, you got to look, too, at, at the Tannehill teams over at Union. I mean, that one, they were – they barely made the four slot. They did not have a winning record. They were like three and seven or something of that nature. Ended up going all no the way, way to state and ended up losing at state. But The I only mean, thing you got to do is get on a little hot streak right yeah, there. You gotta, and you just, get here. Yeah. Just get give me the, the fourth right place and let me. That's the key. You got to you earn week. that fourth place. So you yep. got to get there. Yep. So you know what your intent's got to be. You got to have a win somewhere down the road. And so they got to make a decision. Hey, we got to do it. We got to do it here. And I, I say let's do it Friday night. Let's just go ahead and get it out. Get that out of, out of the whatever you want to call it, man. Let's get the win and don't worry about the rest of the rest of the way through. Just continue to get better. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So take the monkey off your back. Exercise the demons. Whatever you want to call it. And then get into the playoffs and go on a run. Because I do believe that can happen. I think it can, too. too. We've seen it happen. So See, that, at least that, two or three. They've, got, they've got a quality team over there with quality coaches that are going to have them ready to play every game they've got from here going forward. And uh, the teams that, that are coming in to play Emerald or have Emerald on their schedule from here on out, they know they're going to be in a dogfight. This isn't a pushover team that, you're just going to hang 60 on and go home. All right, moving on to uh, the 1A ranks, and this is where it gets ugly, guys, because the oh. three private schools took on uh, three of our uh, Lakelands. <laughs> Lakelands teams to go along with it. Dixie uh, falls to St. Joe's 44-14. to uh, Austin Wilson ended up uh, making a catch, uh, a 63-yard throw from Stalen Johnson, the only score of the ball game to go along with that um, that was there. The other was a defensive score, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, this <laughs> – <laughs> this, I'm not even going to talk about it. I mean, you know, next week doesn't get any easier. They host Christchurch, so they go from from 
from St. Joe's to Christchurch. Is this sooner or later this has got to come to an end? And, and, and we're hoping that that they, can be today. They form that competition committee or whatever. It's, yeah, and, it should be me this afternoon. And, and all somebody, you got to do is yeah, go ahead. Sir. Somebody needs to point out this region. Use this region as an example, and and just show them the scores from the last five years. That's all you got to do. Minutes, but yeah, and, That's all you and do. say how can this be when we can only get one public school out of what seven or six that can make the playoffs because they win one ball game. My fear is it's going to be taught about great today. That's my fear. Only thing yeah. here today is great, great collegiate. And the injustice is being done to them. Well, there's, so. they're supposed to be talking about forming the committee and what, yeah. right, what, what they want the committee to look okay. at. So, yeah, hopefully, they'll mention Region One. Well, that's one well a, so. and and you know, and then the Region One coaches. There's four of them. And they, from what I've heard through the grapevine, they have gotten together and they're they're kind of going to do like what everybody's doing. The great, we're just not going to play you. We'll forfeit before we come play you. That's three games for and, each team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then we'll play for the other. We'll play our four, and then we can schedule whoever else we want to. The problem with it, though, and, and I've heard what you're saying, too, from a really reliable source down my way, um, it's not that the scores are so indicative of being 70 to nothing. It's the fact that the kids that, that each team puts on the field against these guys that they're being recruited, their injuries occurring now. Because of the difference in the skill set of yep, each player, yep, yep. you get quarterbacks being taken out, running backs being hurt, defensive backs, and it's it's just not the the level playing field is just not fair, and the injuries is what they that'd be something I'd look at main one and I'd throw that out of them. I'd just say, look, I want you to look at number of injuries I've had on my team because we're playing these private schools. Mm-hmm. That that'd be the way to go at them first and foremost is safety first of my players. I agree totally with that one. Uh, Where Shoals was also another victim. They lost to Christchurch 50-6, to another example. Um, they'll get Calhoun Falls coming up this week. So that game probably going to be the game of the week, I would say, for us. Um, 7.30 this Friday night. And then Southside Christian, they ran all over Calhoun Falls, ended up being a 42-14. to A little more respectable, but not much. Yeah. Um, and like I said, they get Where Shoals coming up this week. So. Well, Coach Sia said he just kept the ball. He said if I'd ran the clock out, we'd have lost one. To I mean, seven to nothing, that'd been fine with him. We just didn't want to give him the ball. Yep. And 14 is respectable, by the way, Coach. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's talk about the Hawks because they had homecoming this past uh, uh, Friday night, a big night for them. Took on Carolina Academy. I said this was going to be a good game. Um, the score, it wasn't as good as the score indicates. <laughs> 48-35 was the final in this one, but it was 42-7 to or 42-14 uh, at like halftime. So, I mean – it's one of those where, you know, they're, they're probably telling you not to score because the game will be a running clock. We want to play with a few more people that are on there. But, uh, you know, Greenwood Christian had a good night all the way around when you look at everything that, that fell into place for them. And, and you've got some of the highlights. Yeah, I looked over, man. I'm now going to go back. I'm not question Max Preps for everything because, you know, I like the stats. But when you go through and look, I like what you do on Huddle is it's got like Katie Heaton had a 65-yard touchdown to start the game. Then a seven-yard touchdown, 31, 11, 36, and 28. That's six touchdowns on the night. And then our good friend Isaiah Scott, the one they call Oklahoma, had two rushing touchdowns of 55 yards combined. So that's where the stats are coming from. But for the year, they've only got Kate Heaton, 101 for 168, 
for 16, 70, and 22 touchdowns with eight picks. But maybe this game wasn't included in the, the overall because that's the case. It makes sense. Yeah. Some else we're going to talk about later. So maybe those stats will be included next week in his main stats. But six touchdowns in a night is a good get me game. So I expect maybe to see him tonight at, at the so called touchdown club, as yeah. we call it. I'm mm-hmm. sure he will be an invitee. Over there. Yeah. And Owen Whittington, uh, you know, he had one game where he was not – he didn't score at all. That was that one game a couple weeks back. It might have been last week for all I never remember. My memory's going. But, uh, I mean, he had another big night as well. Yeah, he, he – so. out of the sixes, I think he caught two of the touchdowns. And just just phenomenal play when you got a player like that. Matter of fact, my ex-brother-in-law, he texts me. He said, man, I hadn't heard about this Whittington kid from Greenwood High School. I said, I hadn't either. I said, he's from Greenwood Christian. I said, I would love to have Owen Woodson on our team. And he's like, what is Greenwood Christian? Because he knew the area real well. I said, it's one of the new schools. He said, yeah, we got those in Charleston too. So, um, Yeah, just a phenomenal night. And I'm telling you, you go on Max Preps right now, the first soccer line team, if you're from this area, and I think it goes by your where you're located. Because I never have looked up Greenwood Christian one time. It's always popping. And today I told you, that Abbeville 96, their wins popped up today under the Max Preps things because of the area, the Greenwood. So I think that's how they do it geographically maybe. But he, they're putting up numbers. He, he's doing something that I don't know. And I told you, I don't know what I did with it. What did I tell you he ranked, Tom Carroll? He ranked first in the state in yardage. And yes, he, in points, he was like second or third. Hey, yeah, he's, third, he's second in points. He's only 11 points behind. And the guy that's leading it is a quarterback and a kicker. So now, see that that quarterback's getting points for extra points that you wouldn't expect. <laughs> so, kind of like Noah Perry getting points whenever Beyonce was out. So, but I mean, like I said, that's what you want to see if you're a Green Christian. You don't feel like you're getting any love, man. Open up Max Preps, man. They love you. I promise they do. They're getting it out there. Um, so, congrats to them. They've got uh, and that. By the way, that game against Carolina Academy was non-region, so they go back uh, to a, a region game with Spartanburg Christian. Um, and uh, they, you know that's going to be coming. Uh, that's two weeks, right? Back, no, yeah, two weeks. They got bye week this week, and then October twentieth they'll come come what, back what, to Victory Field. What does a team do that is just rolling in a bye week? Because <laughs> if it's me, I'm calling and say, "Hey, buddy, look, I will actually pay y'all to come up here, or we'll, we'll come to y'all, <laughs> and let's go ahead and get it over with. So we, we'll, we'll break next week. I don't want to stop. So if you want to yeah. see good practice, go by Victory Field today, and I, you're going to see some good practice. Well, well, what you're doing this week is. <laughs> You pull all those young guys that hadn't had a lot of playing time, <clears throat> and this is where you put them on the field and challenge them and really give them some individual coaching up, as we say, and you get them up, and that gives you more options when you do go back to playing. And I feel like Coach Liner probably did the same thing in his two weeks because we got up there to easily, and they were a couple of formations. He tried it out there, <laughs> and we we're like, uh-oh, where did this come from, Coach? And we know he tried it that formation out there and run a certain play because he's setting up another play with that formation. So, well, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's the middle of the season. It's time for some – some I love changes. seeing it though. I yeah, love it. I mean, I it's hard too. on Tom Carroll, but it's it's easier for me and you. You doing the stats? And I'm well, just sitting there listening no, to him. We, so. we got to get everybody <laughs> in the right jersey and the right number on that jersey. That would help. That, 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 that would that, help. That they tell us he's wearing instead of <laughs> waiting till five minutes before game time. Said, oh well, this one's wearing fifty three tonight, or this one's wearing two tonight. 
Tom likes 52 for Brendan Irving. Yeah. He plays well in 52, by the way. Yeah, he might, I don't we might ought to keep him in that, though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, let's talk about Greenwood's win. Win number two in the region. They're 4-3 and three overall as of right now, 24-7. A big win over the Easley Green Wave in this one. Tristan Lewis uh, had a heck of a ball game, and really the offense and defensive line really were the story in this game for the most part. Now, Greenwood did leave points on the field. We had two drives inside the 20 that ended up stalling um, in in that regard so we, we we left a few in the points that are there we could have left 21 if you add, count the uh, uh the first fourth down unsuccessful yeah, fourth right, down after yeah. the onside kick um yeah. that was there so you could say that could have been but you know we we weren't quite in in the red zone at that point but lewis uh, overall uh stand did a good job with the stats despite everything that happened in his corner nine of 13 117 yards two passing touchdowns um you got to look at Zion Hawkins had a 35-yard catch right there to the one-yard line, and then he just had to fall into the end zone. And then Jaden Adams, they just left him wide open. I mean, he was doing jumping jacks all he could do, waving at Tristan Lewis to get the ball to him because there wasn't a guy loose. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him at all. So great overall game. You know, you talk about how great a job they did. You you did a pretty good job yourself because I wasn't there. I was on the way up the road, (laughs) and me and Bill just steady left it on Sunday one hundred three to see if we were on or not. So with everything going on with the uh, telephone poles being knocked down on Montague (laughs) and whatever the priest did to stands. laptops over there that they got that working again but just not an easy night to do the broadcast and then for me the game i mean great game by tristan and i mean i'm glad y'all overruled me on that one because i still think tristan's got that game in his pocket somewhere that we haven't seen yet and i'd love for it to be this week i mean we know what we got coming and we'll talk about it thursday but all in all great game but the thing for me and i told you as we went off the air the other night for me for easily you feel bad because they basically, what would you say, 70% of our offense was Ran either hurt yeah. or didn't, you know, Sullivan didn't play. He was in blue jeans most of the night. And then what happened to Stoker at quarterback, I mean, that's a lot of your yardage, man. So those are, if those are, if that is indicative and they can't play the rest of the year, that's going to put them in a tough spot. That's going to make that team limited on what they can do. It makes them one-dimensional at that point. Well, they already were one-dimensional because, like I said, Stoker was throwing the ball at will. He was kind of having a Cutter Woods-like year. I mean, he was almost at 1,000 yards, which in high school, 1,000 is a good bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll just tell you right off the bat. I mean, and like I said, what we talk about Thursday, you want to hear talk about a quarterback that's having a year, we'll talk about Cutter Woods on Thursday. But this quarterback, Greenwood did – um, as far as the defensive line and our linebackers and, you know, corners and safeties, they completed some passes. They did. But we got a lot of pressure on this quarterback and sacked him a few times and made him well, had a few errant throws. Well, his first interception, Kamari yeah. Griffin. Uh, or not Kamari Griffin, had, but, uh, had never had not thrown an interception all year, and we're into what? Now week six, seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and this is pick. and this is coming from a team that likes to throw the ball, so we felt like he was going to be pretty accurate. And next thing you know, our defensive line is putting a little pressure on him, and he sails one just a little bit, and it gets picked. And yeah, he he ran for his life all night. All Let's night. just call it what it is. I mean, he he was rushed. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, maybe if you just throw that ball away right there. 
you know you're not going to get positive yards. Just throw it out of bounds, and instead of getting wrapped up, I don't know if he had time. Well, he didn't have time because he made that little loop back around trying to just do extra play. But I'm like I said, just kind of even if you have to just get out of bounds in any way, man, just to keep him from being able to put that hit on him or that slam, whatever you want to call it. But the, the one guy we couldn't stop was um, uh, Talon Scott. <laughs> and look at his defensive player. And, and let me tell you, he found ways to get involved on that defense for easily. As I mean, we we ran away from him, and he still managed to come in and make tackles. We talked last Thursday about it, and I tell you, I don't know. I don't always do a lot of defensive stuff because, you know, I, I know you love defense. That's why I maybe do it for you. But it's an offensive game, basically. But – I don't know many games when you go and you see a guy that's averaging 11, 12 tackles a game right off the bat. And this kid, we saw why right off the bat. Because remember, first play on special teams, <laughs> he gets a tackle in there. And he doesn't always play special teams. He's just he's – got, he's got that – what is it that Stan likes to say? Playing with your head on your hair on fire? That's this kid. And he's, his motor never ball, stops. Yeah. He never stops. Mm-hmm. And I don't – like I said, I don't have the she- – it's I think the Chiefs well, at home. 11 tackles you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, overall, three were for a loss, and he had a sack. Yep. So. And the sack's the thing that keeps it going because I think he's got six on the year. So, I mean, that's always big. Go into that. Really good player, though. <laughs> Well, moving on, uh, Greenwood is going to be going on the road. Their final final road game of the season. They get to go up to West Side. It's been a month and a half. I mentioned that in the Uh, broadcast uh, the other day. It's been a month and a half by the time we get back to JW Bab. I feel like Jolly Doodle. Long time from last year. When you you go talk to Coach today, make sure he sends the maintenance crowd up there to dust everything off because it's probably got about six inches of dust. Y'all get a kick out of this, man. Willie trying to fly up to y'all because we were running. We were real late. Let's just say that. And we're trying to catch you. And the one thing that stopped was the bread truck. And I said, maybe that's going, what they're going to feed us with tonight is the bread truck. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stayed in the way as he would not move. And like I said, just pass him in the grass, Willie. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we tried to pull a bread truck with us. and so. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, we know Westside will be a little different. We've yep. been there before a good many times. So, so that and the new light system they got, that'll be two years old. So we'll get to take advantage of all of that and see what we got coming. Yeah, uh, in the process. All right, uh, let's move on. Abbeville comes up with a big win. They did honor Chesney's community in the process. I thought that was a really classy thing to do uh, before the game to go along with all that concerning the community and the loss of those three teenagers in the fatal car crash about a week or so ago. Um, so, you know, I, I give Jamie Nichols and that staff uh, that he had a lot of kudos for going out and, and, and doing that because this every game from here on out is, is, is still pretty emotional. I, uh, I, <laughs> what you just said is when I got home, it was like late. And like I said, WYFF does their programming again. It runs through at like two. Mm-hmm. And the coach, they interviewed him and they said, Coach Ivey, you've been able to do it. And he just busts out in tears. And he's like, I don't think we adjusted yet. He said, We bury him tomorrow. And he said, It's Friday night. And, you know, we had to play Abbeville. And he said, Abbeville's a really good football team. He says, But it's not about football anymore right now. It's about these families and what these community needs, and and he says I appreciate all the support that we've got, and he said I love you for it, and he just he couldn't finish the, the uh, interview, and I thought that was touching right there enough. So yeah, you continue to pray for that community, um, and they, like I said, those funerals were on Saturday, so uh, now maybe they can kind of never forget, kind of the, the saying never forget, but let's get back in and play some football, and maybe that's the healing this town needs. Mm-hmm. All right, 56-15 was the final in this one for Abbeville. Uh, the big win moves them to 2-0 and in region play um, to go along with it. And, and 
you know, Carson Norman, of course, the star again. He had 122 yards on eight carries, had a touchdown to go along with all of that. Um, Altavius Patterson also had a touchdown. And uh, look at the stats, uh, Gavin Calhoun had a touchdown also. So um, Abbeville just keeps doing what they're doing. And, and I don't think Jamie Nichols minds at all that Strom Thurmond and those guys are, are saying it runs through them. Um, when all, all in all, they probably are going to have to come through Abbeville to get done in the, in the playoffs. This is going to be interesting because, like I said, there's going to have to be some decisions made. I mean, how are we handling these forfeits? that are going against Gray, who still thinks they're there. I mean, if you don't play enough games, do you qualify? I mean, if you haven't played enough games in the state, do you, you qualify you, for the postseason? You do qualify for the postseason yeah, yeah. because they count as wins. Okay. They count as one so point wins. One of okay. Well, that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't think Coach cares about that either. So, I mean, I just think if you're forgetting about that team, and I, I love it because one thing I did like about CSR, and I meant to send it to you, whenever all this is going on, and even the Hampton County coach says uh, – we're having a pretty good year. He said, but we don't, there's a team in the upstate that I hadn't heard anything about it. Are they not having school anymore at Abbeville? <laughs> and he was really funny about it. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody's forgetting Abbeville here. If you forget about them, I mean, Jamie's going to remind you really quick. And, I mean, I do think Strum Thurman will be a tough team, a tough out to beat. I think Saluda's going to give you some trouble. I mean, but you can't forget about Hampton and some of the other teams down there. Yeah, I think when the brackets come out and you see where they're matched and you see where Strom Thurmond is actually going to meet Abbeville and could possibly yeah. meet Abbeville, then I think you're going to see these Strom Thurmond fans go, ooh. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it, it kind of it – Abbeville kind of reminds me this year of that team in the college ranks that nobody's really talking about. It's got the same letter on the side of the helmet. Yeah, it's called Alabama. And, I ain't talking you know, about them. I, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm not everybody, about everybody's kind of saying the same things about both schools. You kind of forgetting about them, but and they just keep doing what they do though, and that's win ball games. Well, I agree with that part yeah. of you. That is the truth. We yeah. said two A, one A, and three were going to be the fun ones. Now we left ourselves out this time, but four A could be fun and five A could be crazy with Dutch Fork going. Four A is getting yeah. more and more fun. Hilton Head kind of—I don't know what happened to them. They just—they started out hot and they have, have fallen apart. But you still have uh, the regular crew as well as some others that could still surprise you in the process. Yeah, that's so. about Collin County winning a couple games. Yeah. They were—they were—they were, they were, they were uh, Coach DeBose about three weeks ago, and then for some reason Walterboro is just. They won three in a row, and it took that win to go, and they're just rolling. I mean, to beat a Hilton that team on the road. Yeah, and so the you things are happening down the lowest part of well, the country well, we're not paying and, attention and, to. And this is that time of year where we start seeing teams play affected by the injuries that they've had. And, you know, some guys are coming back, like we saw 96, get their starting quarterback back now. As good as they were, guess what? They just got better. Now, I still look, Carver Davis did the job. He of the did year, the job, man. but I mean, you know, but then just the opposite of that, you look at the Easley team that we played Saturday. Feel bad for the kid he got hurt, but how is that going to affect them over the next three, four games that they have? Particularly when they got Westside Greenville yeah, all coming up. Yeah, next. and and so they got their made of their schedule coming up just like we do, and you know, you want to go in there with a full complement at one hundred and ten percent. And maybe that's what happened down at Hilton Head. You know, uh, we know Saluda's got the injury bug bit. Uh, put the salve on it and let's get these <laughs> boys healed. And 
Uh, Coach Burkett didn't say go soak it in the creek, and we yeah, tried, but yeah. sometimes it didn't always Y'all do it that way. Y'all get the tobacco juice and put on and let them bait. Whatever it takes. And, and I imagine Coach DeBose will ask you tonight, hey, what can I do? I don't care. I'll cut myself on. We can just yeah. <laughs> spread some blood on, on the grass if we need to. But uh, like I said, it's gonna it's getting fun now. We're at what we call fun part now. Perfect segment leading into uh, Braden Mitchell and, and his big return. And, and you know, I, Coach told me a couple weeks back that, hey, you know. It, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I said, he's probably going to return during Landrum's game. And, and um, we're not going to let anybody know until such time that he's out there warming up and then see what ends up happening. Yep. And, um, you know, all of a sudden the fans started seeing him out there practice. And it's like, whoa, this dude's practicing this week. You know, and, and guy, everything got excited. But he had a phenomenal game. Started out slow. But here's his numbers. Um, he had uh, one TD passing. He uh, also ran for a touchdown as well. Um, threw two interceptions. He was 10 of 16 passing for 300 yards uh, to go along with it. So uh, not a bad night overall on your first day back. That's the thing because you got to think about it. He's been out for a good while. So it's almost like the first game coming back after to start the new season. So, um, like I said, great game. Get you right back in there. I'm sure my boy Zaykeen did a good job also running the ball or – see what he did and so uh like i said it's a wins and they're important this time of year and coach yeah. bennett you get the more and more this guy is around especially touchdown clubs and stuff like that you just gotta you get to where you love 96 a little bit even more well the thing is is the colder <laughs> it gets the better this team gets oh yeah Have you noticed? It's, it's, it's the temperature starts <laughs> dropping and all of a sudden they just uh, it, well, they got and, more energy they're more enthusiastic i mean they're they're well here's a, another team that they battle some injury now they're getting everybody back, and we're starting to see what they can be. And that's going to mean trouble for some people down the line that haven't played them yet. And fully looking for 96, they might as well just go ahead and start getting the charter buses lined up because they're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> and I'm anxious to, to talk with, with Matthew Bennett this week and find out a little bit more. I want to ask him about uh, the first half because they came out slow. They were trailing at halftime. Yeah. For only what the second or third time so this year? Sure. I mean, they have yeah. them very often. Um, I want to know how inspired that that halftime speech was that they come out and put thirty five on you. How many chairs did he throw through lockers? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's, he's not that kind of coach. One of those days, man. As soon as we walk in the door tonight, you go ask him that question because I'm going to jump him about a couple of things. <laughs> anyway, hey, he's one of my favorite guys I talk to because he's just one of them. He don't care. He, you know, he's just like everybody else. We he, are who we are. He don't, yeah, he don't try to put on a, a different, you know, a, he don't persona. wear a suit out. And I'm Matthew Bennett. This is what we do. So, I mean, I love that guy. and I, I, He'd be a guy you'd love to play for. So. Oh, I agree 110%. Should be fun. But anyway, uh, 96, they're going to go on the road. They're going to be up at Liberty taking on the uh, Flames 730 this coming Friday night. So that'll be their next game. But you can kind of see the collision course coming with Abbeville in 96. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and Abbeville's going to, I think, play Saluda before that too. Yeah. So um, we'll see. This is a team – I don't – how long has it been since we could say this is a team that can compete with Abbeville? I believe they can compete with them. I'm not gonna. I mean, I mean, for three, four quarters. I'm not just talking about emotional wins or moral victories. I think this team line play mainly both sides of the ball. These both of those teams, Avila and '96 line play is oh, going to be defensive phenomenal. line versus Bennett's offensive line. Yeah, yeah that'll be a good is, That's what's going to be. You're going to look at. You know, of course, you're going to know Bennett. You're going to know Carlos Norman. I mean, uh. Carson Norman? Carson Norman. I'm confused and agree with <laughs> And that kid's a big dude. I saw him Friday night. Um, I shouldn't say that, but anyway, I saw him Friday night. 
but he's a big guy. And then King, I mean, they can't. Zay King or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, this is going to be an exciting football game. This might be one we need to be off that week. I don't, I don't know where it's going to match <laughs> not up. Not going to happen. But it's no. not. We're, we got our own business to take care of. <laughs> we, we're going to take care of a Pickens team go along with all yeah. that during that time frame. Um, all right, some other uh, activity going on in and around the Lakelands. Uh, girls volleyball for Greenwood or Emerald High School. They ended up uh, falling to Union County, uh, three to nothing, 21-25, 25-27 at 20. 23 uh, back on Thursday night. Um, Peyton Finley had 13 kills, two block assists. Uh, Demetria Jordan, she had nine kills, four blocks, and two block assists. And Anna Smith had seven kills. Ty Tarrant, uh, she added two kills and two blocks. Also, Savannah Wright had two kills, three aces, and 12 sets for kills. Uh, to go along with that. And then Ava Pennington had 16 sets for kills, and Emma Erskine had two aces to go along with it. So you're looking at a pretty good volleyball team yeah. right there. Yep. I'll agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by, see the good folks. Today is Clyde's birthday. He turns 58 yep. years young uh, to go along with it. And uh, we <laughs> and his boss man, Howard, wouldn't give him the day off. But he did buy him a cake. All right. But the cake wasn't big enough to put all 58 candles on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the good food. I had the pastrami today to go along with it. Oh, it was He's just delicious. Up. Tra- up. I decided I'm going to try everything on the menu. I think is what I've decided. <laughs> Remind me, I, and this is something Howard just walked by, but I, all my life growing up, I hated chicken salad. Howard Corley, you had the best chicken salad, and I eat it every time I can get it now. So if you hadn't tried his chicken salad menu, you got to give it a shot. Get out there and try it all the way around. All right. Uh, and the waitresses, too. They they uh, they are fantastic. They brought the food out quickly, kept my water glass full the entire time. Um, great conversation to go along with it. They, they know a lot about what's going on in Greenwood. Oh, they, they, so. He's got a good staff here, no doubt. Well, Haley said the Clemson game was boring. <laughs> well, I, my Clemson guy is coming in now because, like I said, I saw him walking in the door, so he'll be back in a little bit. He'll give me the thumbs up or down. That's all he'll give me. So we'll, we'll wait for that one. If he went, did he, did he say? He was oh, going? he was. Oh, no, you know. If B Red had a breast in his body, and I know he did, he he was there because, like I said, the one thing I love about B Red, if he's working here on Friday night, you'll see who's playing because he's going to take that video and let you know who's here. And then people, when they see his videos out, they're like, "Oh wow, there's a man there." Well, I'm going. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he he was there. He had uh, matter of fact, he had a picture with Howard on there on one of his clips. So him mm-hmm. and Howard were together at the Good game. Deal. Um, before we get into college, I want to make note of one more thing, and that is uh, what the heck is going on with Dutch Fork? White Knoll ends up coming up <laughs> oh, with a huge no. win, 17-14 in this one. This is the first loss for the Silver Foxes. you got to go all the way back to 2009 um, when they lost to Ridgeview, or excuse me, 2015 when they lost to Ridgeview. Um, I mean, that's that's a long time that's ago. A long time. I told, well, I think I've already said, I think that the teams down that area, Irmo especially, when, Ir- when Dutch Fork started to really push their way to the top of five, Irmo was coming down in four. Now you see an Irmo back rising to the top in four, and you're seeing a little bit of a trend coming back down from Dutch Fork. Now, White Knoll's a little bit out. That's, that's in the boonies out there, buddy. You've probably been there before. Mm-hmm. Really nice stadium. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about snake bit. Maybe there's – well, they got their cornerback hurt in the first game of the season yeah. when they so, went over to Georgia. So, so they're fighting it, injuries. Yeah, I mean, but they—I mean, he was gone for the season. So you've you've had a, a backup that now has six weeks 
of playing time and practices with the ones? As you know, Tom Knotts, here's the thing. He'll go recruit two more quarterbacks now because of what just <laughs> happened to him, uh, losing that one quarterback. And you don't ever want to see a player hurt by injury by no means. And, I mean, it's just, you don't see it. But, Tom, if you're a 5A team in the upstate, you're loving it. Mm-hmm. If you're Gaffney, you're licking your lips now because, they're you know, if that quarterback's not there and they're not performing like they are – we finally got a shot this year. We finally got a shot this year. I mean, there are a bunch of teams, Dorman, uh, Gaffney. Who else we got in the upstate? Well, the local kids are the one probably licking their lips too now because we, they're going to say finally <laughs> Somerville may have a shot. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they could be. They don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, Somerville is going to be one of the teams, I'm going to tell you, they're going to be one of the teams. And I only, I don't want to get started by that team because, like I said, they had a quarterback and a running back that are – Arrested. So, think about how good that team <laughs> well, would really be. Well, I, th- I think too that with uh, that Columbia metropolitan area, I think a lot of those coaches have just said, "Look, recruit from your halls. Let's let's not steal each other's players." And and the coaches have made a conceited effort to keep their guys on campus. And you know, why would I want if I'm if I live in the Irmo attendance zone, then the guys I grew up playing with and all are going to be going to Irmo High School too. Why do I want to jump over and, and go to Dutch Fork where I don't know anybody or I might know a handful, but my best buddy, my guy that lives next door that I've been hanging with since I was old enough to hang with him, all of a sudden he's going to Irmo and I'm going to Dutch Fork. That just doesn't make any sense, and it's starting to make a – I think there might be some headway going here, and uh, we might see some change in coaching staff at Irmo this year. I well, mean, at Dutch Fort. I think props goes to – who's over that Lexington County? What's the guy's name I met? Bennett. Yeah, that was a coach. Athletic director. Yeah. yeah. You know, when we, we, we actually discussed this at the Gilbert game, me and Bill, what, three or four years ago. And he was like, that's something that I've got to take over and take control of to where we don't allow stuff like that to happen. Yeah. And that's what just hasn't happened in the upstate. Um, you know, your, your, your guys have a chance to do what he's done. And, I mean, he, he came just right off the cuff and told me, he said, I don't mind you saying that either. He said, because we have, we have interviews with coaches and, and athletic directors every year, and we say what guidelines we're going to go by. And we're going by these. If you don't like these, you don't have to coach here. Yeah, go so. somewhere else, yep. All right, one final note with high school. Um, you look at the Greenwood-Easley game overall. When was the last time that every one of Greenwood's touchdowns was through the air? Had the first one in the first quarter, a 30-yard pass play that went to Alon Evans. You had in the second quarter, 19-yard pass play that went to Zion Hawkins. In the third quarter, you had the field goal. And then in the fourth quarter, you had the 27-yard pass play to a wide-open Jaden Adams in the end zone to go along with it. No rushing touchdowns whatsoever in this ballgame. It's exciting, That's man. Amazing. But the thing That's is, amazing. <laughs> coach, coach, what did coach say first game? Man, we're going to throw the football. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to see it because there were a lot of guys out there that, that would talk to me about that fact. Mm-hmm. That why change was working? Why why do we continue to play these hard games? Why do we go to Georgia? Why because we want to win? And this is what he did to kind of get the fan base back. He's throwing the football, so I love it myself. I love yeah. it. It was so, fun to watch. 
All right, moving on to the college ranks. Um, I'm, before we get into some of these games, let's talk about North Greenville because they had a huge win. <laughs> and the reason we're talking about North Greenville is because we got one of our own that had a big night. But North Greenville each Chowin, uh 31-16 to to go along with this. Amari Coates had a huge game. He got his first scoring touchdown uh, as a member of Greenville, but he ends up with 110 yards um, and the touchdown to go along with it to lead all the receivers whatsoever. And he, I I'm sure he was just over the moon on this one. Sam Pitney-esque, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Like, they're both about the same when size. When I saw yeah. that, and, you know, we joke. You remember Erskine plays this children and whoever they are in basketball or some other sports. But um, when I saw the stats, I was like, wow. And then I saw Amari Coates, and I'm like, I, I think I texted you right away. I was like, is this him? Because yep. I didn't, I didn't go to North Greenville and look and see where he was from or anything. I saw Maury Coates. That's him. him. So yeah, I he really moved, he moved from from Limestone over to North Greenville. So. I was thinking he was somewhere else, uh, and that's what kind of blew my mind. I think, but um, anytime one of our own does something, man, I, I we try to get it out there because, like I said, that's a phenomenal game, and I only expect more from him now. Mm-hmm. Now that quarterback seeing what he can do, that Crusader's ready. To, he's ready to hit the roof. Well, he goes up against a good one this coming week uh, as North Greenville is going to be headed over to Delta State University in Cleveland, Mississippi. Wow. Riverboat cruise. <laughs> <laughs> no, Coach, you got to keep him off that cruise boat if you're yeah. going to do that. We don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's start with PC because uh, they had uh, – this this could be emerald all over again. <laughs> I mean, it, it happened almost the exact same way. <laughs> Stenton ends up coming in and uh, ends up with winning in the last second, last play of the game in the process of all this, and the Blue Hose end up falling 28-24 to 24, uh, in this one. But, I mean, this game, this is how close this game was. PC had 319 yards. Stenton had 345. Um, you know, the Blue Hose won in the passing yards 201 to 186. Um, Stanton won the uh, rushing yards 158 to 118. Uh, Penalty-wise, the Blue Hose had to overcome 10 penalties for 90 yards, but Stanton got penalized just as much, 8 for 74 mm. in the process of this. But, you know, it was the, the third down conversions, I think, that pretty much did in uh, uh, PC in this one. They were 5 of 11, whereas Stanton was 6 of 13. I was excited at halftime. It was 14-14 and a half. Yeah. And, you know, you go back and look, and, and you know what? Stetson scored 14 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So they got all their ports in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Kind of like you said, same kind of as Erskine. I mean, as Emerald's dealing with. Yeah, fifty nine <laughs> minutes and thirty six <laughs> seconds. PC uh, had the lead going into this, and then that last. <laughs> <laughs> that's that 24 last, seconds. Uh, last 24 seconds does you in. You hate that to happen for Blue Especially when you, you've played your butt off the whole game. You're leading stats. The PC coach may be firing the clock operator. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a couple of them. Go, go from three to, you know, zero quick, coach. We had discussed going, you know, Bill and I discussed going in this game, and I could it's going to be a pretty weekend out there, you know, a little breezy. And uh, I kind of hate we miss it now. But, uh, I, you know, here's the I, – I like our local teams. I'll tell you how much I like them. Look at the first two on my CBS sports. The Gamecocks mm-hmm. didn't play the Tigers. I'm not a Tiger, by the way, but I keep it on here so I can keep up what's relevant with what's going on. And to be to get PC as your favorite team on CBS sports, it's pretty dabbling cool. I got to go to ESPN and get Erskine. So, CBS, you got to work on that so I can get Erskine on there. But, <laughs> and you're going to talk about them in a minute, so. 
Yeah, well, Erskine, uh, let's just say they they showed uh, they showed up. They didn't play well, but they showed up. 38-3 the final against Mars Hill in this one. Um, total offense basically says it all. Erskine had 133 to 438 for uh, Mars Hill. And we'll just kind of leave it at that. Good football team, want, but It was a very good football team. Um, you know, next, Carson Newman, that doesn't get any easier for Erskine. Um, they return back to JW Bab Stadium, so they'll get rid of some of the dust up there in the Taj before we come home this coming Saturday. Uh, 4 o'clock, it's going to be homecoming for the Flying Fleet in the process, so there'll be a lot of pomp and circumstance going on for all of that. But uh, Nolan Holloway, he led the uh, fleet defense, had six tackles to go along with it. Malik Samuel had uh, one-and-a-half sacks. Uh, part of that defensive line that has been so strong. And Quincy Hill ran for 61 yards on five carries. Those kind of the highlights for you there. So an offensive push on the front side. I don't sound like it. So uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we, we got to talk a little bit, too, about the Bearcats because we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't forgotten about them. They just don't have a football team. Nope. But they got a pretty doggone good volleyball team. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at it, that is out there. And they end up winning another one. This time is number one versus number two in the Peach Belt. Uh, as they took on Augusta, they end up winning three uh, sets to one. Um, or three games to one in this one as the two top teams ended up meeting. Lander had 54 kills, uh, 165 attempts out of 163 for Augusta. Uh, Augusta also had 64 kills in the process. Um, I mean, 70, 47 assists for the Bearcats to 42 for uh, Augusta. Uh, aces, six for Lander, four for Augusta. 11 blocks for each of those apiece. I mean, just an all-around good game. And you look at the sets. Lander wins the first one 25-17. The second set, they win 25-22. Lose the third set 23-25. They beat them in the fourth set 25-15. to I mean, these are some close games. And you know who's crying right yeah. now? Augusta, because they were close. They were closer than you think. <laughs> so to being on the other side of that that switch, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You flip that middle that middle set in there, man, and that's a different game, different match, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, but Katie Miller, probably one of the heroes there. She recorded a double-double, had 20 kills and 23 digs. Oh, wow. So, yep, mm. congrats to her. <laughs> in other words, she can get up and down. Yep. <laughs> and showed it. Yep. <laughs> she did, she did. <coughs> All right, uh, moving on to Clemson. Uh, congrats to Dabo Sweeney. He ends up uh, tying Frank Hill's uh, record as far as number of wins, a 17-12 to 12 win for the Tigers on Saturday uh, against the Demon Deacons, tying Frank Howard for the most wins as a Clemson head coach to go along with all of that. Here's a little bit about what he had to say uh, about tying the record and what it means uh, being one of the winningest coaches in Clemson history. Man, it's, it's just a blessing to be a part of it. Um, and most of all, it's a reflection of all the great players, the coaches, uh, the support staff uh, that we've had. And uh, most of all, it's a reflection of team. And really, um, really everything great that I've accomplished in life has come through team. You know, um, I certainly have tried to do my part, but, um, you know, I, I, I truly have, have, you know, stood on the shoulders of giants. I mean, and uh, it's just a blessing to be a part of it. Um, again, so many, so many great players, uh, so many coaches, our support staff, my family, uh, our administration. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just it's been a, it's a blessing, and and then it's and it's it's surreal. I was talking to uh, Mark Herslick about it. <laughs> Ironically, he's doing the game today. 
And I was actually talking to him in my office yesterday. It's, it's so surreal to me to even really process the, the whole thing because it's, it, to me, it feels like yesterday that we were loading up to go to BC to try to just win a game. <laughs> just trying to win a game. Uh, I mean, that literally seems like yesterday to me. And, uh, and then honestly, it's just, um, I can honestly tell you, it's not something that I ever dreamed about or ever set out to do. You know, I dream about a lot of things. This wasn't one of them. Uh, never, never set out to do that. Never even dreamed about doing that. Um, I've just always just tried to put my head down and just keep showing up and just doing my best, you know, one day at a time. And um, my main goal um, was and is, has always been to build a, a program that competed uh, with uncommon consistency and uh, a program that built great men you know, through the, the platform of, of football and education. And listen, the win record is, is, um, is, is cool to be a part of for sure. But what I am, I always say, what matters more than anything is how you win. And that's what I'm most proud of is how we've won at Clemson. Uh, I'm most proud of the 351 graduates that we've had. I'm most proud of the 98% graduation rate that we've had. I'm most proud of the fact that every young man that has come to Clemson since I've been the head coach, has had an opportunity through our program to equip themselves as men. They've had that opportunity. And, uh, and I'm also proud of the fact that every signee that we've had, uh, every single one of them has won a championship, most of them multiple. I'm really uh, thankful for that. Um, and uh, Coach Howard, um, uh, as we all know around here, Coach Howard is a, is a Clemson legend. And... Uh, it doesn't matter how many how many wins that I may have or finish up here with. There ain't ever going to be another Coach Howard, uh, ever. I mean, he's uh, he's uh, he is Clemson, and uh, man, I'm just blessed again because of what he did at Clemson, um, and I'm blessed because of what all the other coaches after him did, especially Coach Coach Ford, and uh, you know. Uh, and Coach Ford kind of knocking the ceiling off the program, if you will. And I'm just, I'm just uh, a benefactor of all those that, that have uh, come before me. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Some people may, but I don't. Uh, that of all the coaches in America, um, I met Frank Howard when I was probably 10, 11 years old at my mom's birthday party at a Holiday Inn. He came, to, we, my dad rented out a party room at the Hoover Holiday Inn. It was big time back in those days to go to the party room at the Holiday Inn. And in comes, in comes Frank Howard with Bobby Hayes. Bobby Hayes and Frank Howard were big friends, great buddies. Bobby Hayes was the head of the SWAT team in Birmingham. And, and um, you know, back in those days, Alabama always played in Legion Field, especially the Alabama-Auburn game. Even when I first started playing, we played Legion Field. And, and um uh, Frank Howard would always come to that game after Big Thursday in those days. And, and uh, Bobby Hayes was good friends with my mom and dad. And, you know, he would give my dad tickets and, and my mom. And, and um, I don't think it's a coincidence that I met him and I, or that my mom and dad, they had dinner with Frank Howard multiple times, multiple times. I've got a picture in my office. Uh, a couple of y'all have seen it, I think. Uh, I've got a picture in my office of my mom and dad having dinner with Frank Howard in Birmingham at uh, Pat James Restaurant, and uh, that's pretty cool. 
That's a pretty cool. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, I cherish that picture. And there's also no doubt in my mind that, that, that God orchestrated all that. Um, and I don't have any doubt in my mind that God called me to Clemson. That's no coincidence to me. Um, and so it's just been, it's been my calling in life, and it's been God's favor on my life to just have the opportunity uh, to be here. And uh, I also don't think it's a coincidence, a coincidence that Coach Howard got his last win on November 1. And I got my first win on November 1. And uh, I was born November 20th, 1969, two days before Coach Howard coached his last game on November 22nd, 1969. So that was almost 54 years ago. And 15 years ago, next Friday, I was named the interim head coach. And all I can tell you is it has been an amazing um, experience. And, uh, you know, this record is, is – it's just shared by everybody who's been on this journey uh, and been a part of it for the last 15-plus years. It's just so there you have uh, the one and only Dabo Sweeney on tying Frank Howard's record. He, he's got a point. It, it, the way the moon has aligned for him to take this job and everything that's happened it is kind of unique. His farewell speech or something, the way he started going with it. I was getting ready to say the same you know, thing. He's getting, maybe he you, getting ready to retire. I, I was finna bring B-Rad back here because I don't know. But I'm looking at the stats from this game, and I wanted him to give me something about the game. And, I mean, I guess, you know, when you do get that win, it is emotional because you do something with, with which you consider a legend. You know, it'd be kind of like, I guess, if Stan or I had come behind – you know, Pinky Bab, Coach Bab. I mean, that's what it would mean. But um, all in all, I mean, I mean, Stan can tell you we got a lot of Clemson fans right here, not 100% happy with the way the outcome of the game came. Um, and this is the first time I'm actually – after I heard that, I, I said, let me get to the stats real quick. I mean, this was a really close football game, not only by score being 17-12. I mean, T.O.P. was closed. First downs were closed. I mean, it was a really close football game. And the one thing that did surprise me is and where I think Clemson probably won the game is rushing yards. I felt like Wake Forest would dominate probably the rushing yardage of it, not Mitch Griffith's throwing, but uh, just about yeah. they could outrun them. And yeah. this is the first game we saw Shipley step up to the plate. You know, Moffa only carried the ball. Let's see. Shipley was 19 for 97 in a touchdown, and Moffa had nine rushes for 63 yards. So, all in all, like I said, if I'd have seen just that, I would have said they lost the game, and they won. So, Well, to me, the, the the reason they won the game is because nobody scored off of a Clemson turnover. <laughs> this is one. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it was reminiscing of going back to the first two games where the, the turnovers cost them, what, 43 points? I think turnovers have cost them over the that. course of yeah. the year right now. Yeah. So, I mean, to have two turnovers and not uh, be the team that, that takes advantage of that, and, and really that's what it was. A, a, a turnover and a score would have been a doomsday well, for Clemson. Well, and you week. look at it, but that's where the defense stepped up, and we said that the defense was the <clears throat> shining star of this team for this week. Um, the defense came out from the starting whistle and played the game. The offense, nah. Special teams, nah. You know, I mean, there's there's still some progress. There's, it's working well, the crowd progress. this time, too, was nah. Yeah, yeah. We, need, we need to get <laughs> the, the crowd, crowd needs back to involved. Get back in involved somehow. But, somewhere. you know, was that due to the fact that it was homecoming and maybe the crowd was a little hungover, a little too full from being out there from – Eight o'clock in the morning to the three thirty start time. Yeah, you can ask B Rad. He's he right was, there. Uh, B Rad. <laughs> he ain't the crowd. I mean, they had a good time. I'm sure. What's they the did. reason the crowd was not into this game? 
Lack of offense. Lack of offense. See, they go hand in hand. I agree with that. But but now we got to look at the other side too. Now, uh, from what I understand, now I will preface this, and you help me out, you and Chris both, because y'all got to see it. Uh, Number one, we were one, one for two on field goals. We had a punt muffed, and a punt that we let maybe go over our head or bounce, and we didn't get it, and it cost us a lot of yardage. That, to me, that's a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I remember back when, who was it, a, a couple of years ago, he, the kid went pro, but, I mean, he never returned the ball. You never had to worry about him beating you on a punt return. But he was going to fair catch everything. That you wasn't going to lose yardage on the <laughs> ball hitting the ground and bouncing. So, uh, you know, I, a lot of work to be done. You got you got off week now. Let's flush this one and move forward. Get back to <laughs> get back to where we were in yeah. the Florida State and Syracuse game, coming out playing hard and fast. This first game I ever remember that neither quarterback did anything in the game. This was pretty much a rushing football game. Klemnick did have a rushing touchdown. He did have a rushing touchdown. 15-yard. But he also had a fumble, didn't he? He did. So we can – those two annul each other. Well, (laughs) Well, the defense defense (laughs) did not let him score, so we'll we'll let him and the defense score that one out. All right. So, you know, with all that, we might as well go ahead and do this. Just get it out of the way and we'll continue on. But did they earn their money? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> B-Rad, no. holler loud enough. Did he earn the money? Did any Clemson Tiger earn their money this week? He said defense. 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 I'll agree and with that's that. That's what we said, too. Aurora yeah. had uh, – well, Even the officials did not earn their money. Well, <laughs> now we, we, might, we might give the money to Shipley. Because he did, I he think, probably have did play over 100 game. yards. Yeah. Hey. And we've been waiting on Shipley, so I mean, I, I mean, I, I'll give. I, what bothers me well, though is if you're having a mediocre game, let them both run crazy. You know, get pull four hundred well, yards rushing well, on the bill. Here's the if Shipley's in the game, you play in a one back set. We know Shipley can catch the ball and he can run the ball. Now you put Moffa in there. Muffa's not that big of a receiver. I mean, he's he, you know maybe has some boards for hands. Uh, <laughs> so does it does it hurt the Clemson offense when they got Muffa in in a one back set? And you know one of two things is going to happen: Muffa's either going to run or he's going to block. But you ain't got to worry about going out to catch the ball because Shipley. I mean. Moffat ain't gonna do that, yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be in a pass route because he can't catch the ball. Uh, I don't know, you know, a lot of stuff to be worked out. You got you got the off week. Give the kids two days. Let them go back home Friday. See their high school. Get patted on the back about how good they're playing, and come back and get ready for, for to make that, that to make that trip down to sunny Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the coaching staff down there did not earn their money this no, week. No, they did After not, the loss no, to Georgia no. Tech, and, and just take a knee, please. please. Yeah. Go that route. I love well, it. Hey, help but, me out, buddy. But now, this I is chaos it. ended now, up being Now, we, we've talked about that with Clemson this year. <laughs> uh, were there plays that were called offensively in that game that you just kind of scratched your head with? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So it's really the Clemson coaches to have any better than the Miami. Well, they, yeah, they, they didn't lose the game be, because They didn't of lose it. the game. They didn't. didn't lose but the that game. was because right. of the defense kept them in the game. <laughs> the Miami defense didn't. One of the Chris's chaos games, uh, Marshall ended up, they, all of those guys, despite the loss, yeah. ended up went learning their and money. And I had they Georgia Tech, UCLA. Deal. Those were three games. And UCLA did come back to beat uh, Washington State, a ranked team. So, all in all, it Marshall hit, man. We'd be 3 and over this week. And I'm proud of Marshall. Like I told Stan coming in, I think what they did in that game was they set a precedent. That, hey, where, where's the fun belt team you better come for? And, uh, like I said, I the, the uh, puncher, the kid at, at Marshall that's quarterback, he's averaging 300 yards a game passing, and that's what makes that team very difficult. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he's a guy that came from Kansas State. I mean, so a lot of – even fun belt, you got a lot of guys that are moving down from the bigger schools, and then you're starting to see them in Sunbelt football now. So. But that was the three picks there, and like I said, I'm, I'm proud of those. I mean, hopefully if I can do that good again this week, we'll be happy. <laughs> but nobody's earned no money this year except I give Dylan Gabriel his money. He's been at about eight different universities. But uh, that was the game of light. The highlight for me this weekend was Oklahoma over Texas. If you hook them horns, you better go another week to do it. But that was a beat down to me. And Sarkeesian just got showed uh, that he's not ready for the SEC. And Venables is like, well, I'm not ready yet either, but we got these boys. We're coming first before they do. So. <laughs> But I think both teams are going to be ready to play in the SEC. I really do. I think they're building the, the – if you go look at the recruiting this year for Texas, it is unbelievable. They're out recruiting everybody in the country, even Dion, mm-hmm. And so they're getting ready to make that push. And, I mean, Oklahoma's going to be right there with them because they got really good players. Then so. you got the Missouri game against LSU, oh. and that could have gone – that could have – should have gone Brady the Missouri Cook. way. Yeah. <laughs> Brady Cook, man. The real deal. And then uh, – one of the games that we were watching was Louisville and Notre Dame, and Jordan had a fantastic game all the way. Louisville didn't do anything special either against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame just, for some reason or another, they weren't wrapping up and tackling. They had trouble. They had trouble. Sam Hartman had trouble, I think, reading the defense and, and finding out what was coming at him. It, it was just all in all, it was another one of those weird games for Sam Hartman that you don't expect him to have. But I mean. The thing that hurt, that hurt him in that game, I mean, Hartman still had 254, two and three. He had three picks. But what happened to Estime? You know, mm-hmm. that Jordan Love was the kid that was running the ball more than anything. And Estime had 10 carries for 20 yards. He didn't even get two yards to carry. But, you know, going in, I said that I thought Jack Plummer, uh, which is Jake Plummer's son, by the way, um, that played at Stanford. I thought he'd have a good game, and he just barely did enough for them to win the game. But, you know, like I said, I text you, and I said, hey, man, that guy blocking me from Lawrence. Don't forget that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Martin is the real deal. Saw some so, cool and, – and Jabari and, Trash. I mean, the receiver, you know, yeah. had a decent game. The kid from Lawrence, my nephew, coached back in the middle school days, and he actually took his family and went to Louisville to watch the guy play this week. That's awesome. They won't see no But – they did get to go down on the field. The guy remembered that he was his coach, got him down on the field after the game, had family pictures made with him, the whole shooting match. So, <laughs> Corey and him had a great time. That's he, a cool Especially story. with the win. Yeah, yeah that, that made that it helps. even better. That yeah, that he would remember me, better. too, because I was always crying after they beat us at, <laughs> in the press box. Because he'd have, what, 200 yards rushing the yeah. game, it felt like that guy was so great. <laughs> But yeah, that was yeah. I did lose one, by the way. I did take Maryland over Iowa State, so yeah. I want to bring that. And up. that was a good and game. That was, well, well, that was a that, coaching mistake. That was a coaching mistake. We're seeing more and more of those. The, the more that these teams, uh, the rosters with the portal or whatever you want to call it, 
the parody is starting to show all over college football. And now it's, it's showing up who's got the better coaches. Mm-hmm. Who's going to make the stupid mistake this week and cost my team a ball game? Well, that was Mike Locksley at Maryland, I can tell you that. So, And then, I guh well, well, the ball at Miami. Yep. So. <laughs> Miami's got to be the worst. Yeah, they, that has got to uh, be the worst. Uh, those coaches, the, the president of the university ought to walk in and say, you owe me some money. You know, I wonder, <laughs> though, you know how you asked Coach Bennett for me. I wonder if there was a, some, a reason that they did run that ball. Was a running back right at 200 yards or something, and he needed that extra yard, and he said, get the yard. <laughs> now, that would come out to haunt him, and it would haunt me from now on, too. Well, I mean, I think you got to look at how much time was left on the clock when they first got the ball. When they first got the ball, okay, 36 Georgia Tech seconds. had 36 seconds yeah. left on the clock. Georgia Tech had no timeouts. No. No timeouts. I mean, you take one knee and the game's over. And that was coming off a loss to Hutton the weekend before for Georgia Tech. But oh, uh, no name. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, a no yeah, name. No name school. Uh, somebody name. like a ball state or yeah. somebody like yeah, that. It was, yeah. But I told y'all going into it, I like Brent Peace. I like what he's trying to build down there. So, I think I'll be looking at that team again. So, All right. We'll find out. I'm ready, man. Well, Thursday's going to be fun. We invite you to come on back out here to Howard's on Main. We'll be here about 2.30, and uh, you can join us here as we've got uh, some great food. It's the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich. Bring your friends. Bring your uh, uh, family as well. You can take advantage of some of the great food that is here and the great hospitalities. It looks like it's going to be a little cooler as the week goes on in the process as well. Maybe rain. (laughs) Maybe a little rain on Friday. We're hoping that pushes over so that yeah. we can get some of these games we'll in. And well, we had a little rain Friday night. Yeah, we did we up did. in Islay. We, we had did have a little, a just a little sprinkle. But uh, a big shout out to all the Greenwood fans that did make that. I think we timed it as about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minute ride up to Islay, so it wasn't bad at all. And I'll hit them again the, this the week. Band show up, show and, up. And the fans were there, so... Uh, Let's, we, we're going to need every fan we can get in that West Side Stadium. Let's take it over. Uh, they're going to bring a good crowd. Let's let's show that we can support these Eagles and, and fill up the stands. Too. And I'm stoked about Touchdown Club tonight, guys. I don't always get yeah. stoked. I mean, the menu got me stoked. But one of my guys I grew up listening to all of in the state, especially Phil, one of your friends, one of my friends, Phil is Phil Cornblue, yeah. and I cannot wait to meet him. And, and I might, I'm gonna tell you, man, I might be hugging that guy, man. I, I'm excited <laughs> to meet him. And if you haven't a touchdown club stand, tell him come on out. Come on out. It don't cost you no money, hardly. Bring your wife, and it's a good meal. Good meal. <laughs> Get her involved in community. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we enjoyed it. We'll be back here Thursday. Come out and enjoy it with us uh, as well. We are the Lakeland Sports Size. I'm Tom Carroll. It's Chris Cox and the coach, Dan Spivey. Till Thursday, have a great one. <laughs>